What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, folks. Hello, my loves. Uh, this week, holy smokes, we're so excited. Uh, we are going to throw to a conversation that we had with none other than Maitland Ward. I had butterflies going into this conversation. If you're not familiar, Maitland Ward is an American actress and model. Uh, she made her acting debut as Jessica Forrester on CBS's soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful. Ask your parents about it. Uh, <laughs> and then she went on from there to also star as Rachel McGuire on the uh, ABC sitcom Boy Meets World. I cannot even believe that. Right? Uh, but why? Why is Maitland on the podcast today? Well, she retired from mainstream acting in 2007 and then... Fast forward to 2019, began performing in pornographic films. And not only did she start performing in pornographic films, she went on to uh, perform in tons of them and just swept the fucking AVN Awards in 2020 and 2021, the XBiz Awards in 2020, 2021, and this year in 2022. Uh, Maitland is a really good porn star. 
And uh, she came on the show to talk to us all about the transition of being a Hollywood actress to a Hollywood, would you call that a starlet? Star? A starlet? I don't know if we're using starlet anymore. Oh yeah? Is that bad? I don't know. I like it. Well, but they I usually end up getting that. like, I only listen to true crime. They usually, starlets usually end up in a bad situation. They do end up in a body bag, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maitland was a fucking phenomenal guest. We hope you enjoy this conversation. We had so much fun with her. And uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, we will leave you with this conversation, and we will see you on the other side. Okay, I'm. I always get super excited when we get to uh, speak to people who work in the industry, um, and uh, we are we're joined today by Maitland Ward, which uh, uh, like I need to contain my excitement. Uh, so, so Brian, I'm going to pass it to you. Oh no! <laughs> to, 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 to give a little bit of an intro here. Actually, you know what? No, fuck that, Maitland. I'm going to pass it to you. I would I love for you to uh, introduce yourself to our I listeners. get to give my own introduction? That's uh, great. Yeah, yeah, please, please, for the love of God. What should I say? I am All of it. Say everything. <laughs> everything. Okay. Well, you may have known her from her work on Boy Meets World back in the day, but now she's a porn star. <laughs> and she's written a book. <clears throat> and... From eight, so th- that the book will explain everything that came from Boy Meets World to becoming a porn star. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait! So I, I, I want to put it out there. Rated the book is called Rated X. It's Maitland's uh, memoir that is dropping on September sixth. Um, right around the corner, Maitland. First of all, thank you. We're mm-hmm. we're elated to have you on the show. Oh, I'm, um, I'm excited to be here. Big fans over here, and oh. uh, uh, and and I gotta say. We've we've had a couple of people from the from the porn industry come on the show and and I'm always I'm always so stoked to to speak to them because it's it like for myself it's just highly fascinating um you know a world where it's not very often you get to speak to a porn star and so that's uh one of my favorite parts about doing the show is being able to do so but you have such a fucking fascinating career trajectory and I would love to kind of like, I mean, I really, that's where I want to start. Like, I'd love to dive into how, how, like, how did, what was the trajectory of your career? How did you find yourself where you are now? Um, and I guess like going all the way back to like, as a, as an aspiring actress, when you were younger, um, Bridie and I both met at theater oh, yeah. school and we're both, uh, we're both <laughs> actors. And so yeah. like getting to speak to fellow actors was really fun, but we also, I mean, I've also had this like fantasy in my mind of like one day maybe being like doing adult Fuck work, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. so, and so yeah. now I'm like, now I'm talking to the person who's done it all and I'm going, give me your tips. How do we do it? So, <laughs> so take us back to the beginning. What, like, how did you get into acting in the, in the very, in the very beginning? Oh, well, I actually, I always loved acting when I was very little, like as a child, I would like to make movies with my friends and stuff. We'd play star Wars. I was very, into that. And I was Princess Leia. And of course, mm-hmm. and my dog, my Springer Spaniel, Kate was chewy because she had brown ears and hair <laughs> and fur and she was the best for the part. Um, <laughs> but I, I just love the, um, the outlet that acting and performing gave me. So 
because I was always a very good girl. I, you know, followed the rules. I got good grades. I was very sweet and everything, but I felt like I needed outlet for some things I was feeling or things I wanted to do. And I really felt characters really gave me that outlet. And I discovered that's from very young. And I took acting classes in my neighborhood and did community stuff and um, plays and things. And then um, it really wasn't until like, my braces came off and I was, um, you know, 15, 16, heading to, I, I uh, first of all, I have to say the preface this by I loved soap operas growing up I was a mm -hmm. big soap opera fan and it was a big fantasy world for me and so I saw that there was going to be a casting like workshop with the casting director for the bold and the beautiful and I I was like well I'll take a soap opera casting thing <laughs> and at the end of the whole thing which I I had a fantasy that there's going to be all these hunk guys in there and and I was going to be just like <laughs> the girls on the soap but it was mainly it was actors it was like yeah. and they were all older than me like a lot older than me in their 30s How, how old were like, you at this time? Like 15 16 about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um so I uh yeah, but but it was great and it was fun working with the actors and stuff. And at the end of the uh workshop, the casting director asked me to try out for the show on Bull and Beautiful. So I was like blown away. Wow, um, that's the best were, case scenario. Of going it was to one of those I got the show on my like yeah. second audition. So I really oh, landed wow. fast in and I had a contract <laughs> role in the show and everything. So I landed into the world of soap operas in sort of a fairy tale way, but then you know, I discovered what behind the scenes of Hollywood slowly was along the way. Um, although I did, I had most of the majority of the people on and working on Bold and Beautiful are amazing. Like I still have such great friendships from it, but there were a few people along the way that I talk about in the book that, you know, made things kind of difficult for me growing, growing into my womanhood and finding myself and my sexuality and who I was as a person. But so I was, I was a very good girl and I wanted to like, hide parts of myself that I thought were bad or like, you know, like anything sexual was like too taboo for me to talk about and stuff. So as we progress in Hollywood, I did get a little bit sexier feeling. Cause I was, when I was uh, on the soap opera, I was a very virginal young, like everything bad happened to character. Like my mom was having sex with my boyfriend when I was in a diabetic coma. And then I almost got set on fire at a bikini bar because my rapist put gasoline on me. <laughs> this is, yeah. So just I those love kinds of soap things every day. as well. I love soap operas. I feel like I started Wait. watching them when I was like 11 years old. It was like my yeah, first summer me, vacation. Yeah. Hold I was on, like, hold on, hold on. Was this in Bold and the Beautiful? Oh, it's, it's in Bold and Beautiful. Holy shit. I, my mom was like a Bold and Beautiful fan. And oh, I yeah. was like, oh, that looks, that sounds so boring. What you just said sounds like the most fascinating storyline I've <laughs> it ever It was heard. over the course of two and a half Holy years or whatever. So, I, watched, uh, I watched Passions growing up and I oh, like Passions, I because, Passions. Yeah. because there was a talking doll and I like oh, yeah, paranormal the, he was the shit. Timmy, Timmy. Yeah, Timmy was Timmy, the shit. Yes. But fuck, yeah. I didn't know Bold and the Beautiful was so that's that's salacious. It is. I know. Uh, and and my my rapist actually originally tried to poke holes in the condom and try to trick <laughs> me into sex to get my family's money. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the funny thing is, he's like one of the guy who played him is like one of my dear, dear friends to this oh day. And the one who played my chivalrous boyfriend is the one that fucked with my head. So oh, oh, no. Oh, no. the actual behind the scenes. The actual so opera. Yeah, it was yeah. As as someone who aspired to be Holy an fuck. actor as a 16, 15, 16 year old girl yeah. on a tiny island, the fact that you looking, looking, talking to you right now and knowing that you were of that age in LA Mm -hmm. and having these opportunities, but also not being like really open or like sort of like hiding your own sexuality and coming of age in, within the context of working for a soap opera. Like, were you working, like, were you still going to school? Did you have... Wow. Was, okay. Yeah. It was a really interesting thing. Cause I was going to school like several days a week and then I had a tutor on the set the other days. And so I really, in that regard, I lived the best of both worlds. It was, mm. it was strange, but I loved, Hey, I just come into school and then I just go into, uh, you know, you have my tutor who was great. He was a fantastic older man who used to be a, a football coach in high school. And, and he decided to, uh, do studio tutoring because he didn't want to like just watch the grass grow all the time <laughs> when he's in retirement his wife kind of made him do it too but um it was yeah it was a surreal experience because I was kind of a nerdy drama geek before I got the show and then I think everyone was pretty much surprised that I was going to be starring on a soap opera at school because I didn't seem like that kind of person, even though I did all the plays and all the drama stuff. But I mean, I was a very shy, uh, sheltered kind of individual, mm. but I mean, that did get me out of my shell a lot, but I still was trying to hide parts of myself. And I was in, and I was interested in my sexual discovery and like finding myself. And, and I just felt like I had to hide and be, be just this virginal innocent person because that's who people liked of me. Mm. And it, I mean, as it went along the way, like going on to Boy Meets World and other projects, I was, well, on the, on the soap, I was the blonde and I cut my hair off. There's a whole story to that and became a redhead and the rest is history in that regard. (laughs) But um, when I got on Boy Meets World, I was a little, I was, it was funny because I was used as more of a sexual type person. I was the most sexualized person I think on the show. Right. Because, you know, so it was, it was interesting that journey, but to porn, man, it was a long, long time of self-discovery of really, you know, coming to terms with who I was as a person and my sexuality and, and what I wanted to do. And it, it I had to give up the fucks along the way, no fucks, mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. but yeah, it was decades from Boy Meets World to when I um, first came into porn and first started yeah, you know, yeah. Content. So you, I mean, you retired from from acting in 2007, and 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 didn't begin performing uh, in porn until 2019, which is quite a gap. Um, yeah. Go, it's yeah. Like, go ahead. There was, yeah. It was. Uh, basically, I just kept getting frustrated for many years after Boy Meets World and after White Chicks and stuff that I was so typecast in everything that I did and yeah. nobody would allow me to play anything different than what would they see me before. But then they wouldn't even cast me for those kind of roles because you were on Boy Meets World or we know you from these things. Yeah, yeah. So it was very uh, disheartening also for as me as an actress. Like I like when, from when I was young, I loved acting as an outlet for different kinds of characters and nobody was like allowing me to do the things that I wanted to do. So eventually along the way. Well, I did get married and I moved to New York to, uh, 
it was, and New York was like a breath of fresh air for me because I was away from the Hollywood, you know, system and, mm. and everybody in Hollywood. And it was a real, um, it was a real time for me to have a lot of, just a lot of time for self-discovery and stuff. And that's when I really started getting into erotic fiction. And, mm. you know, the ironic thing about it is, um, uh, once I got married, I, that's when I really started exploring my sexuality in all realms. Yeah. Yeah. And I started writing a lot and writing out sexual stories and, and erotic things. And, um, and then eventually I did come back to LA and I studied screenwriting for two years at UCLA. And that's really where I was going to, was going to do. I thought, Oh, I'm going to write a script maybe for myself or for somebody else, or just, I really wanted to write and stuff. And I didn't expect to do, I guess, acting again, or I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, I didn't think that might be a possibility, but then Girl Meets World, this spinoff to Boy Meets World came around and the attention, like the cast got from that was, it was pretty mind blowing because we, at the time when we filmed Boy Meets World, uh, I don't think we fully conceptualized how popular it was or how much it meant to people growing up. Yeah. We didn't have the internet back then. Like we do now, like we didn't have Twitter and stuff and there was no social media like that. So we couldn't like really hear from the audience, but once, once the renewed interest came back, we heard from everybody. People were so excited about the show and telling us how much it meant to them. And it was really cool. It was, it was awesome, but it was a little rattling for me too, because I had tried to move away from that into different kinds of things, like what Mm. I was doing and to be cast back in the spotlight as that character was, and was kind of, yeah, it was just a little bit rattling to, to be back there, but, but it was also fun. I enjoyed it, but then I made a decision, like, especially because the social media was just really starting to boom and stuff when, when girl meets girl came back. Okay. on. Uh, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to put on my social media, like the things that I want to do and the things that, you know, I feel I like I was I I would come a bit of an exhibitionist <laughs> and I discovered that about myself I mean uh, so I had done a lot of um I began to do a lot of like setups and stuff with the bikini setups and cosplay I was big into that um, and then I found out I could have like a career with it I thought it was just fun before but uh yeah so I came I was able to really establish myself as that and um I know I had all sorts of publicists and people in Hollywood, producers, Disney people say, oh, you can't do this. You can't be sexy like this. You're going to get in trouble. You're, I mean, you're going to offend people and nobody wants to see you like this. I had a publicist say straight to my face in a way that he thought was, you know, helpful. You know, if you keep posting like this, it's going to ruin you. If they want sexy, they'll get somebody 25. You'll oh. never make a dime at this. Oh, wow. He thought he was being Simon Cowell or something to yeah, me. Yeah. Was this specific to like the cosplay type stuff or it was just a blend of everything? There's like cosplay and, and, like, and like feeling yourself like those types of posts. I did a lot of cosplay just because that's what I, I liked. And eventually mm. I teamed up when I with a photographer who had a lot of authentic cosplay pieces, which was so mm. cool. And we did photo shoots and stuff. And that went really wild and get them press and on social media and stuff. Mm. And then also, um, but then I did like sexy setups and I did funny things. I did just like, you know, like I take a day, like national Kiwi day or whatever it was and do something <laughs> yeah, right, right. funny and like a little setup and people would really respond to that. I did, I got really popular on Snapchat by, I was just like doing goofy things, sexy things. And then I started getting in trouble a lot because 
they started seeing like, you might have a shadow of your nipple on there that we see when they took down my stuff. And that that's really over the course of like when I started with Girl Meets World around the time when the interest was renewed to when I actually started filming my own sexual content. I did that before I went into professional porn. Yeah, That was, it was some years. I really yeah. was just yeah. doing it for fun. And then I did comic cons and all that stuff, but I was really just doing it authentically for fun. And I was showing people my life and I was getting more followers. And I know Disney and, and Michael Jacobs, executive producer and all that did not like that I was changing this image, yeah, yeah, but at yeah, this right. point I was like, forget, it. I want to do my own thing. And that really Ooh. led to a lot of stuff for me. That's what led to work on the precipice of the porn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have so many questions, uh, uh, hearing all that. I, I, I guess what, one, one that, which, which is something that we come back to, um, oftentimes in our conversations with guests on the show. Um, and we, uh, we, we like to use the, the term sexual debut as opposed to like losing your virginity. There's just something more, oh, a little more nice. like, like powerful that. about like your yeah. sexual debut. Um, I'm curious about, and if it's okay to ask, like, what was, what did your, as, as someone who was, you know, holding, holding back from like exploring your sexuality as a young, um, you know, a, a child, uh, who was thrust into like the acting world and, and covering these things in in the scenes that you were doing that were like quite adult. Um, yeah. and then, and then it like, you know, from that moment forward coming into your sexual debut, like what was that experience like? And, 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 and did, did the, the things that you were like diving into on, on, you know, bold and the beautiful, like as an actor, who's like touching on these really heavy things in the world of like adult themes, um, how much of that sort of, I guess kind of spilled over to your, like um, your worldview on what it meant to be a sexual being. And, and when you, when you came into your like sexual debut, what was that, what was that experience actually like for you? Um, well, the sec I was so much older when I did my sexual debut on public, but like, yes, know. yes. The public but, debut. But when I was younger, it was a very, I just, I, there was a time in the late nineties and early two thousands. It was girls were like expected to really, He's like sexy or sexual. And, you, and you, there were certain images of women that you felt you needed to live up to. And I was always, you know, I didn't feel good enough or confident enough or whatever. And then you were also expected to be very virginal. And I was cast much in that role. I mean, even mm -hmm. when I was on Boy Meets World, I was highly sexualized. If you look back on the shows, I mean, they went through my panties. They went through my diary and mm -hmm. they, this was Corey and Sean, but they, um, they, you know, they, they just invaded my space and privacy. We were supposed to forgive them because they were cute and they were sweet and they, mm. you know, and everybody kind of just apologized for it. And they stole like dirty pictures and put them in the student union, <laughs> like of me, which I don't know where they found them. They must've been going through my drawers more. So um, there was all these where, and I was always the one dancing around in the lingerie and like, you know, doing all this mm. stuff. But if I would do anything like that in my personal life, I would be reprimanded for that. Mm. Like you cannot do anything to tarnish your image. And that tarnishing my image is wearing a crop top or something. Yeah. So, um, but on the show, it was okay. It was okay to dance and lingerie on the show, as long as it was in that, that environment and under the control of, you know, production and stuff. 
It must have been really freeing. I can imagine. Yeah. As I, I feel like I had the similar expectations placed on me to, you know, be good, get the good grades. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, don't fuck it up for your four little sisters was like the big, you know, oh, the wow. big message. But you know, from my earliest like memory of like turning 18 and leaving home, I remember being like, I gotta go see if I can get a job in a strip club. Like yeah, I yeah, right. wanted to express that sexual side of myself that was just never not only was it never like invited it was always more like that's just something you have to Mm. keep to yourself um forever but i i can't even imagine what that what what that would have been like especially like i imagine being a teenager on a show of teenagers Mm. to be like summer camp no adults around you've got like i can't remember who I think it's Will Friedel and Ryder Strong. I I don't know because I had them. It was pinups on my bedroom as a teenage girl. I would have just been like, oh, let me loose on this <laughs> fucking cast. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to say, the, yeah, the cast, the very nice cast. Um, we And it wasn't, we weren't a scandalous bunch in real life, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, normal teen things. Yeah, like summer camp, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. But I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying, yeah, that was always fun. I mean, yeah, that's a good way to, we were like a family. I mean, mm-hmm. there's issues with family. There's, you know, it's, it's complicated on a lot of levels, especially like our executive producer was like the father figure of everybody. So um, fathers and kids sometimes have issues, you know, yeah, yeah. complicated situation, but um but it really was so many years that I had to uh, just really delve into my truth and my, it just who I was as a person and sexually, I was not, yeah, I was hiding a lot about sexuality for many, many, many years. Mm. Uh, and it's ironic that when I got married, that's when I started exploring. So it's, it's funny that, um, that, that I like started discovering so much about myself and stuff. So what, um, what is it, what is it about uh, that exploration coming at the time of, of after getting married? Did, well, like, was there something in marriage that, uh, that sort of sparked that interest in, in diving more into your sexuality? You know what? I always say it's, it wasn't like that. I was sparking kind of my own sexuality. It did also have to do with the move to New York and away from mm. like what I had known and been, but I felt like I had a strong anchor at home and I could go out and I could explore myself and I wasn't shooting porn or anything then, but I, you know, I could explore myself in ways and I was, you know, working out fantasies and, and I just felt like I had a a really strong place at home. And, um, but yeah, people always think, Oh, you know, he must get something out of it. He must get off on this because you're Mm. doing this. And I'm like that, why would that be the case? I am doing it for me. I mean, that's, that's like negating what I'm doing because I would only be doing it for a man. Mm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, not that if you have that kind of, you know, kink, you know, that's fine. But, yeah, totally. Yeah. But sometimes it can be for yourself. And yeah. Not, yeah and not, right. That's and what I mean. Not, it like it, the assumption is if you're a woman, it would have to be for your husband's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoyment off of it. <laughs> yeah. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the, the, you know, one of the other things that I love asking people who, who decide to kind of cross over into that career of like doing like adult, uh, entertainment work is, um, and of course, like, you know, the, the reason I ask this question is because for myself, not being in that position, I can imagine that like taking the first step to like legitimately doing it is, um, it's kind of, it, it feels like at least from this side of it, it feels like it would be kind of a leap of faith. Um, I know that like, obviously in your, in your case, there is this like long period of time where it's like one step after the other step after the other step. And eventually you start to like dip your toes in, but what was the very, very first, like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to make the decision to, uh, to approach this with like an intention of making this a career. What was that experience like for you? Um, the experience, well, doing that, it really, it started off with the fact that on my, when I was doing my sexy Snapchats and Instagrams and I started getting kicked off and all that stuff, uh, because of my nipple photos and whatever, <laughs> um, I started to make content and my fans were like, well, you should make content like, you know, new, I was thinking at the time, nudie pictures or like, you know, yeah. sexy cosplay picture, playboy esque, very much type stuff. But I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to want to buy them. I mean, is that like, maybe, you know, maybe I can have make a little extra money to put into, you know, photos and stuff. And so I can be free with how to express myself. So I started a Patreon page, um, which is Patreon where they are patrons of your art yep. and yeah. stuff. So I started it one night and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to set this up, but I'm not going to tell anybody yet. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Well, and when I set it up the next morning, I had 20 people subscribed and I was like, I hadn't said anything yet. And then, uh, so I said, I went on social media and I said, okay, here, I have a Patreon page. If you want to go on and by, by the week's end, I had like 2,800 subscribers. I was, I, the number one adult person on there. And then it kind of <laughs> snowballed from there because then I would be like, oh, let's do these new, new photo sets or let, and then well, maybe I should do some stuff with girls and stuff. It's funny because uh, several years before, I think like about four years before, or three years before, I forget what year exactly it was, 
But in that time, I did an international kiss a ginger day um, <laughs> photo shoot, which is a day in January. And I needed a ginger to kiss. So for a little cute setup, we were going to do a slumber party kind of, you know, little uh, little thing. And I had a friend who recommended uh, L. Alexandra, who was a lesbian porn star at the time. Redhead, beautiful, cute thing. Um, and she was a fan of Boy Meets World and stuff. So she thought it'd be fun. So we did the little setup and we had a whole thing. But by the end of it, we were naked and doing some pretty erotic photos (laughs) that didn't get released till Patreon kicked off. But um, she said at that time, she goes, you were going to do something in the adult business. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't know. This is just fun. And I like (laughs) girls and it's good. And, but she's like, no, I promise you. And she she was right. And I invited her back to shoot a full like oh, wow. couple scenes and stuff that we did. And, and then I started doing more girl girl stuff. And then um, then it came to the point where I was, you know, writing out fantasies and stories and scripts and stuff. And they included men and multiple men and, like, and different scenarios. But I was never going to approach like my husband with this to say, I'm going to do this. He's the one who actually recognized this in me and brought it up that he thought I needed to do this for myself. Mm. I needed because I kept one, I kept having these scenarios that couldn't couldn't exactly be fulfilled in a in a marital bedroom and stuff. I mean, dungeons and things, mm-hmm. <laughs> all sorts of different scenarios with multiple guys and girls and everything. Um, and so we really started out with my uh, content creation. We started making, you know, uh, we we reached out. We did a blowjob first with another guy who was amazing. Uh, and it was, I found him through all like porn stars that my, um, well, it all stemmed really from L, but then I met different porn stars along the way, girl ones. And they would, mm-hmm. and I got recommended uh, two men to work with who were amazing, amazing porn stars who who were long in the business they were over a decade in the business. And so they really taught me a lot. But the, so the we, we were testing it out with this blowjob and it went really well. It went really well. It was the blowjob did too. But <laughs> I mean, the time it was great if it would have been something different or if it would have not happened exactly the way that it did, maybe I would have been not done this, but yeah. it was, it was a good experience and we felt good about it. So then we were like, okay, am I ready to do it with another man fully like mm. full on? in the hotel room and all this. And so we finally came to this point and I talk a lot about that, how we got there in the book. And um, so I I thought, I remember when the, when we were going for it to do the thing, to do the thing, um, <laughs> I loved it. And yeah. not just the sex, I love the performance of it. And later on, I asked my co-star how he remembered that first time because it was my first time on camera to do something like that. And he said, you weren't nervous. And he knew that he thought I'd be more nervous. Mm. So, uh, and I wasn't, and, it, and my, we, I was fine with my husband. We were fine. We thought it might be weird and it wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. so then I just started producing content with them actually for like a year and a half or something. Uh, with the same core group of people. Yeah. Like that you was, had been working with. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I had two guys, um, Danny Mountain and Isaiah Maxwell, and we worked, we just did every month, like different, you know, scenes yeah. and stuff. No, no. When you say, yeah, when, when you coming back to that first blowjob scene, and you and you and you were saying that like it went really well. Mm-hmm. What 
what made it go really well? Like what were oh, the, well, what were the, what were the things, the, like the elements to the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the experience that made you come out of that going, you know what? Like that was a good experience. That, that, that was a fun thing to do that, that yeah. worked out well. Like, like what, what sets that apart from it being like a, a fucking shitty experience? Well, I think first of all, uh, my co-star, he, or my, you know, my content co-star, mm-hmm. he was such a professional and such a gentleman and just really knows how to handle a situation. Like it, we, it was so like, there was so much consent and talk and just, it was just, I felt safe and comfortable and there was, it was way better than a lot of mainstream things I've done where I haven't felt comfortable or whatever, but um, it was just first that part of it. I was very safe. My, he was great with my husband. They were talking about just whatever sports and movies and stuff ahead of time. (laughs) And then when I did it, I was so impressed with myself (laughs) that I I just liked doing it. And I was, I was impressed that I could do it like a porn star. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So I mean, cause I could, if I got really nervous on camera or something, I didn't think I was going to, but I really went into it with my all yeah. and I was proud of myself and I felt a sense of accomplishment because this guy is very large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so taking him down my throat, I knew I was meant to be. <laughs> you got something, kid. You got yeah, something. There I was don't know. Spit everywhere. I was, I was a superstar. <laughs> In terms of like a technical question here, when it comes to like the, the discussion that you're having with like a scene partner, um, obviously they're, you know, to make something that to, to, to go into an experience that is a positive experience, I would assume that there's a lot of discussion before the scene starts, but um, in the midst of the scene, um, how much room is there for like conversation or sort of like, um, I guess like moments for, for like in, in injecting some, some like, uh, you know, inquiry for consent or, or things like that. Or like once the scene starts, it's kind of like, you know, you're just keeping in mind what was discussed and you're trying to get right through to the other end without any kind of cuts. You are trying to go right through the whole way. You really are. But there are stops and starts sometimes mm-hmm. like that happen. Sometimes people get overheated. A lot of, that's a big one. Sorry. That's a big one where they're, um, you know, sweating and, you know, you need a moment just to take some water and to, because mm-hmm. there's, we're in a lot of acrobatic situations, but for the <laughs> most part, we try to go all the way through until the pop and yeah. the pop is what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because then you want to get the shot right, you have to get it on camera right. Because yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. uh, you can miss the camera, can miss it and stuff, and yeah. that's like the most important kind of part yeah. of the climax. So <laughs> for people watching, um, this this I, I mean that like this is the part of <laughs> of talking to people in the porn industry that I love the most is like the technical aspects of it, the things that like especially as as like a as like a cinephile. Uh, an actor or someone who's worked on sets like this. I just find this stuff so fascinating. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm really curious about is, um, you know, porn is like still, still today. Shockingly still like highly stigmatized. Yeah. Um, And as someone who, who, and I think that I feel like this is a little bit rare, like to be able to speak to someone who's been on, both ends of the spectrum in terms of working on film. So like working in, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm assuming you were like a SAG, you know, member, like working on film sets, um, in Hollywood and then transitioning and working on, on porn sets in Hollywood. Um, what, like, can in terms of the ways that the sets were run and the ways that productions run, 
and the sort of um, the vibes that like are 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 happening on set. What's the difference between, or have you noticed or thought about the difference between like shooting a Hollywood film or a Hollywood TV show versus shooting uh, Hollywood porn? And like, and 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 I ask that in a, wondering if there's um, if there's something to that that might actually surprise people who who probably have a, 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 a like a an assumption of the two sets being quite different. Right. They're really not different. At least I've worked with like the top quality company that, you know, Vixen mm-hmm. and, and deeper.com specifically. Um, so we film everything like film quality. We have a night, a large crew and we have like, it's very, very much the same as like filming like a, a more of an independent film or something. It's mm-hmm. much more, it's so it's very much the same. It's just the sex happens. And so I think people have this old stereotype in their head of like some old guy, you know, smoking a cigarette, watching an orgy and jerking off or, you know, and everybody's mm-hmm. on drugs and that, first of all, you can't do any of that. That's really like against the law. Like before the scenes, you have to uh, sign paperwork and and go on camera signing paperwork with your IDs held to your head and you, they ask you all the questions. Are you being held against your will? Are you drunk or are you under the influence? Are you consenting to this? And you have to sign all your paperwork and stuff. Mm. So um, it's, that's, that's a big difference than the other, you know. Yeah. yeah office, I guess you don't get the, that on a, on all a consent, all the testing, like <laughs> yeah, STI yeah. testing and yeah. all of that. But I'd say the sets are run very similarly. I mean, we, we actually have mainstream people on the crew who have, do mainstream as well. So um, it's not that different. I know it would be different at another company where they use a smaller crew where there's like just a couple people or something, but still it's not, it's not what you're envisioning, like all those stereotypes from like the seventies or nineties or whenever Mm -hmm. where they Mm -hmm. thought it was like, you know, some crazy sex drug orgy happening all the time mm, it is just the orgy yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's only that part but, and also the crew is not involved that's the people are yeah. like they're watching you and are they yeah. just like, jerking off all the time i'm like they don't care yeah. i i've seen them like yeah. wa- like just waiting for it to be over so yeah. I, I mean i would love to lunch. meet a person who can successfully hold a boom mic and jerk off at the same time that would be <laughs> i know the boom guy's like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, the, my favorite is the guy who has to come in in the middle of it, and if it if it's dry, they like a shiny dick. First of all, sure, they like a shiny dick. So when we're actually in the middle of sex, pouring the lube on, <laughs> so all of a sudden you go, oh, I got a lube splash. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. So in like film these days, it's all the rage to bring in uh, like intimacy coordinators for like. Makeout yeah, scenes. Yeah, is right. there is there is there that person on your set, or is that generally the director's job? It's the it's actors? the director's job, but it's always been a thing to have like an intimacy coordinator because we have to talk about consent yeah. beforehand. You always get your, you know, give your list of do's and don'ts and no's and mm. yeses, and so you talk about like positions you'll do and you know things you'll do if you don't like something you say it, and you definitely there's boundaries there. So that's always been a thing in porn. So. um I think that's actually more of a newer thing in mainstream. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't remember like doing love scenes and stuff and things I was never like talked to. And I was only, <laughs> my first one was only when I was 17 or, you yeah. know, 
Yeah. Brad, Braddy, can you just explain quickly what an intimacy, an intimacy um, coordinator would like do on set for um, people that aren't like in the in the know and in, in the biz? So I worked for, as one for an independent film once, but I know you can also there are like there's education you can go through to become an intimacy coordinator on a on a you know a professional mm-hmm. film set, and then basically, in my experience, the role is like lots of conversation with the actors to make sure everyone's comfortable to make sure the scene is choreographed. So like even those like hot love scenes where you're like, this looks like these two actors got carried away in the passion. It's like, actually mm. everything's really choreographed down to like where my hand's going to end mm-hmm. up where, you know, if I'm going to grab your boob here, if I'm going to pull your hair here, like these are mm-hmm. all things that we need to like plan a, and agree to ahead of time. It's like a stunt coordinator for yeah. love scenes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. We don't go as as hard as that. Like we no. know the positions, but we kind of go a little more free flow with, you know, we know where we need to end up, but you don't have to mm. like say every single move you're making. Actually, that's what I really like about that too is the is the chemistry and the fun and the moment of doing all that. But yeah, we, yeah. generally you know where you're going to end up, but uh, you know, it's mostly like you just give your nose and what you don't like. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's important to know, like, you know, if you're working with another performer, no matter what, you would want to know what their boundaries are in terms yeah, of. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, one of the, th- the other things that you had mentioned earlier when you were talking about some of your first uh, scenes that you had done with that core group of people was like, you, you, you learned a lot or, you know, yes. your partner had taught you a lot. And I know that you've, uh, you know, when it comes to like the, you know, XBiz Awards or AVN Awards, you've, um, you've done quite well. Um, and, and like, as a, as an avid porn, um, consumer, like I, I see, I see porn and, and, you know, there's porns where I see and I go, wow, that was like, that was a very impressive performance. And then there's porn that I see and I go, huh, a little bit lackluster to do quite as good as like maybe Maitland did. Um, so, so what are, like, what are some of the things that you, um, a, in the very beginning in those early scenes, like what were some of those things that you learned and then B, like, what does it take to give a really solid performance in in pornography? I think, well, I learned, so, they taught me a lot of technical aspects, too, about how, like, how scenes go and, like, about camera work and stuff. And I, I latched onto it fast because of, of my past in mainstream. Yeah. So yeah. I knew about cameras and performing for them and everything. But um, also, I just learned to, you're asking, like, what? is it what's something that makes a scene like great i really think the chemistry between the performers is important my favorite thing is when in my scenes i do a lot of like intense dirty talk and i'm always you know doing Mm. all this stuff and i or i i get very passionate and very like you know i'm i'm a mistressy kind of person um but when i do that i love when somebody like gives it back to me and like we can go at each other and like kind of, uh, you know, just give us that passion back and forth. And that makes a really good scene is when you're on the same wavelength as your partner or partners or, or whatever. Um, I always think it's like a, like a dance partner. Like if you were dancing together, like it's, it's just that chemistry that where you were both giving your all in that moment and stuff. And it's like, you really have to learn to trust the other person or the people that you're working with too. So if you can totally. trust them, you completely, completely let go mm. and really give your all. I think, um, I think when you're watching ones that I think when you're watching people that are a little more timid about stuff, they are timid. So mm. I think it's important like to have conversation ahead of time with people and to get to 
know them a bit and to just feel comfortable with them so you can mm. really you know dive into it <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's really like everything you're saying right now i'm i'm going oh yeah of course like it's no different <laughs> than acting with anybody else in any yeah. other scene you know it's just like being present with your partner yeah having trust that your partner is going to deliver to you the exact amount of energy you're going to li- deliver back to them yes and then let that just key. kind of flow yeah totally I, yeah the the worst thing is whenever uh you do a scene with anybody or or something and they're just like, they don't respond. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that leads me to my next question. And yeah. I'm so fucking, I'm so interested in hearing this. So I just got an Oculus quest, like in the last, uh, in the last like six months and VR porn is oh, yes. really fucking cool. But I've, the amount of times I've been watching VR porn and thinking to myself, how hard is this for the performer? Who's not, wearing the camera who's not in the pov so the person who is performing to the the virtual reality camera like is it is it is it a challenge because like i feel like you're just kind of fucking a uh, someone who's just kind of starfishing there Mm -hmm. uh just kind of hanging out and you're doing all the work i did two vr scenes in my career uh, and I loved it because I could just go to the camera and do whatever I wanted. And some people yeah. don't like it because the girl, ha- you have to talk all the time and yes, yeah. do everything. Like the guy is not doing it. But I really loved that uh, aspect of it because it was a lot of fun for me because I could do all my dirty talk and say, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I got to read like some erotic story pieces and stuff that they had. And, and it was really it was fun. But it's a weird thing. The guy is in this contraption with like ear things on it, sound ears. Yeah, for like three um, D audio, right? It's yeah, like it's, it's literally like to pick up audio on your right like, side, your left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones I had were little ears, actually. Like, they, mm, mm-hmm. and then you, um, he sits in, and there's this equipment on this whole contraption that he's under, and then in uh, the camera that's in front of him, like face wise and stuff. Yeah. And it's a huge contraption. I mean, it's definitely costs a lot of money to get one of those. That's got to that's got to be tough for him. You know, oh, to it's like, very to tough. Like, yeah, and he can't, to stay he can't do erect anything. and like stay sort of in yes, the moment. Like that's very, so fucking I, I had wild. Great par- I had really good parts. There's certain guys that are really good at VR. Like yeah. some people just don't like it because it's just like, like you said, you're just sitting there. Yeah. But uh, it's funny because you just have to do everything, and he, he can't even. He can sometimes, I think, do the hands a little bit. He can reach sure. out, like, yeah, yeah. or uh, but it's basically, basically just his dick. And you, and even when you're like talking to him, you're talking into the camera, yes. and you're whispering into the ears that aren't his ears; they're the ears of the. It's like yeah. boom mics coming out of yeah, his head, right? Yeah. But um, but it's it's fun. I think that's a it's fun to watch too if it's done well. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to do some cosplay one sometime, like a full-on cosplay VR situation. Yeah, I mean it. It is. It's it's quite fascinating. Like I I can, you know, I can see in the next like fifty years, I could see there being quite a a, a sort of boom in the in the realm of like VR pornography because it's yeah. Um, and it's, you know what's interesting? It's very fascinating. Is all, pornography is always like the first to really do these kinds of things. Yeah, like coming yeah. up movies will be in vr like you know it'll be like um but yeah yeah, we we like to we test things out we're we're kind of we before like the mainstream will make it that we have to be sure it'll work but we're like okay let's just try it and see what's porn (laughs) is like the hipsters of uh of of techno of of movie technology they're like we've been doing that for years yeah right right (laughs) (laughs) we knew that before it was cool yeah are you writing are you writing um 
like many scripts these days? Is is that mostly what you're producing is your own writing? Uh, I also, I do everything too with deeper.com with Caden Cross um, created and she writes such great stuff for me. And so I do features and scenes and all that stuff, but I have written two scenes recently that I were born for deeper and, oh no, it was actually for fixing brands, some of them, but um, yeah, so that's been fun. I'm doing that. And I'm, I'm thinking about like another book idea about, I would love to get to erotic fiction and that kind of thing because that was like my passion but yeah i'm definitely writing and, and then the whole the whole writing the uh, memoirs really inspired me and stuff yeah totally to really you know get into the whole my past of the whole erotic writing and stuff it seems like you're just getting started yeah. it's so exciting it's like yeah. second second chapter of your <laughs> career right. well again folks uh, the book is called rated x it is dropping september 6th uh, Maitland, uh, like I said at the beginning of this, this is uh, we, we were so excited to sit down and talk to you. This has been uh, beyond what we could have expected. It's oh. so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show, yeah, and uh, oh, we really, course. really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Great talking to you guys. <laughs> All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that sex toy, <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.